Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We continue our coverage of Super Tuesday and the results uh, of that special day here in the state of Utah, of course, as we made history participating for the first time. Uh, Boyd Matheson did me a great favor this morning as the program so it was beginning. <laughs> did my voice just crack? It's <laughs> embarrassing. Boyd Matheson this morning as uh, my program here was beginning. Uh, Bernie Sanders was just starting a speech uh, giving to, to supporters at a rally in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, Boyd said, hey, Lee, pay attention to this one. Some interesting things are being said. And so producer Amy and Gustavo, they hopped right to and got me some of the audio from that. I want to share it with you right now. And then we're going to talk about something that happened at a speech being delivered by Joe Biden last night to uh, supporters of his in Los Angeles as he stood flanked by his wife, Jill, and his sister, Valerie. That was last night. This morning, though, uh, Bernie Sanders was in Burlington, Vermont, uh, talking to supporters. He said that uh, uh, once the California results come out, it's going to be close. Now, I haven't seen the latest uh, delegate uh, count, but my guess is that after California is thrown into the hopper, it's going to be pretty close. We may be up by a few. Biden may be up by a few. Uh, but I think we go forward uh, basically neck and neck. And then Sanders set his sights on Wall Street. Uh, our campaign is unprecedented because there has never been a campaign in recent history that has taken on the entire corporate establishment. And I'm talking about Wall Street. And I'm talking about the insurance companies and the drug companies and the fossil fuel industry. There has been never a campaign in recent history which has taken on the entire political establishment. He continued his attacks on corporate America. And that is an establishment which is working frantically uh, to try to defeat us. And there's not been a campaign, I think, that has been having to deal with the kind of venom we're seeing from some in the corporate media. It's, it's difficult, I think, to distinguish between, let's say, venom and folks just disagreeing with you. I'd like to see what uh, candidate Sanders believes to be the venom uh, being thrown his way. His last comment, which caught my attention, uh, was where Bernie Sanders compared his campaign to the coronavirus. This campaign has been compared to the coronavirus on television. We have been described as the Nazi army marching across France, etc., etc. 
All right, so that's that. Now you're up to speed on what the candidates have said, I suppose. Uh, in the last segment, we, of course, of course heard from uh, various other candidates. We've learned this morning that uh, former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg has dropped out of the race, ending his uh, campaign, said, though, that he will be supporting uh, Joe Biden. So the next thing to watch for, of course, is, uh, well, there are the rest of the primary and caucus states that we need to wait for. Also, uh, now is the season uh, where candidates start to team up with others as uh, vice presidential candidates. So keep an eye open for that. And now I want to talk to you about something that uh, inspired me uh, yesterday as I was watching the results come in, uh, as listening, of course, to the, the radio here, the my colleagues, Doug Wright and Boyd Matheson, Jeff Kaplan, and others were all gathered up here in studio to bring those results in. And as Joe Biden uh, was addressing a crowd uh, in Los Angeles, something absolutely fascinating happened. It was it was scary for uh, a moment. I was I didn't know what exactly was happening. Let me uh, play for you the audio of uh, what was taking place uh, when when everything went a little bit sideways, and I'll describe to you uh, what you're hearing. All right. Did you hear that? There were two things really to pay attention to. And I may play it again for you in just a moment. I want you to listen to uh, there are boos. I'm going to play it for you again. There are boos you can hear. And then you can hear a phrase being repeated a number of times. Let dairy die. Let dairy die. Here it is again. While Joe Biden was in the midst of receiving the news that he was winning all these states around the country, some of which uh, he didn't even visit to campaign, he was addressing a group of supporters in Los Angeles. He was standing alongside his wife, Jill Biden, and his sister, Valerie. And in the midst of that speech, uh, which he, he delivered from a teleprompter, and the commentators afterwards said, oh, he did a masterful job, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. While he was in the midst of delivering that speech, uh, a young woman ran up on stage uh, quickly. It was a sprint directly towards uh, candidate Biden. Uh, she had in her hands a sign uh, which read, Let Dairy Die. I'll explain that in just a second. But the uh, the mechanics of what happened are, are absolutely fascinating and, and the, the, the event that transpired. Let Dairy Die. Let Dairy Die is what uh, she chanted as she held this sign above her head while sprinting towards the candidate. Well, you know what happened? I mentioned that Jill Biden was standing right next to her husband. And you know what her instinct was? And in moments like that, it's only instinct uh, which drives our behavior. Do you know what Jill Biden's instinct was? It was to put her body physically between her husband and this rushing protester. As danger came sprinting towards her husband, she put her body in between. She was the first to make contact with the protester, grabbing her by the wrist and pushing her away. Moments after that, another woman ran to tackle the protester. That woman's name is Simone Sanders. She's communications director for the Joe Biden campaign. You see her on TV often. She's a regular on CNN. Uh, She's an African-American woman, has very, very short hair, and some of those stylistic kind of stripes uh, shaved uh, on the side of her forehead. She came sprinting towards this protester, wrapped her up, picked her up, and marched her off stage. It was two strong women. Uh, doing some impressive things yesterday. There's a story uh, that 
anyway, seeing that happen last night reminded me of uh, one of the reasons I asked my wife to marry me. And uh, I don't exactly have time right now, but to, the, the very, very short version is once on a date, uh, she and I were walking by a pond, and there was one of these grates uh, that kind of kept the logs out of the, out of the piping that led out uh, away from the pond and kind of regulated the levels of the pond. It's, it's a dangerous place where uh, this grating catches the big logs and trees. And once when she and I uh, were there, just walking around uh, the pond, seeing the sights, enjoying the company of others, a small child, maybe three, four years old, uh, was toddling towards uh, that grate as the water was rushing over the collected debris and logs. Uh, well, that child was unattended. And the direction that child was heading was was headlong into danger. And uh, my wife, uh, I think she, my girlfriend at the time, and she may not even been my girlfriend at the time. I think I was just still trying to impress her. Uh, well, she certainly impressed me. She dropped everything in her hands, ran towards the child, clutched him up uh, in her arms, and ran him back to safety. Uh, and then <laughs> there's kind of a, a sappy story. It was uh, uh, about a year and a half later. Uh, when I was trying to figure out how to propose to uh, Jessica, I took her back uh, to that very spot, and I told her that at that moment when she, uh, when her instinct was to protect and rush down and grab that child, I knew that I wanted someone like her uh, to be the mother of my children, knowing that they would always be safe. And I thought about that last night as I watched the Joe Biden uh, speech, uh, when his wife, when her instinct was to protect when a protester rushed at her husband, she put her body in between him and possible danger, keeping him safe. And also a supporter of his, Simone Sanders, who ran into danger, uh, grabbed it up and scooped it and run, ran off with it. It was an impressive thing. Uh, and regardless of your politics, what we saw last night uh, was the right and proper instincts. And I think we uh, might be better off to surround ourselves with people with just such instincts. All right. Uh, the sappy stuff is over. Uh, next up, we're going to have a fascinating conversation with some friends of mine, John and Melanie Herring. They have been uh, separated for a good long time. He in quarantine in Japan. She quarantined at Travis Air Force Base in California. Uh, all of it due to the coronavirus. They've been reunited. They're back together here in Utah, and they'll be on the phone with me next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.